Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in a thrilling adventure, prelude to a bloodbath. The Green Hornet strikes again. when you go shopping this week, think of the servicemen first. Here's why. Their Christmas packages must be mailed between now and October 15th. That's next weekend. So you'd better get after those gift lists right now. Then you'll be sure that your Christmas packages will arrive on time. Now, the Army and Navy will do everything in their power to assure safe and timely delivery of Christmas mail. But they can't do the entire job alone. It's up to those of us at home to wrap the packages securely address them properly, and mail them early. If possible, the address should be printed in waterproof ink. Also enclose a complete address and return address inside your packages to help the armed service make delivery if the outside wrapping should become soiled or torn. And now, the Green Hornet. Stormy spring evening in the city, when a man carrying a briefcase alighted from a taxi in front of the British consulate. He hurried through the driving rain up the walk toward the entrance. As he bent his head forward against the storm, he failed to notice the sinister figure which lurked in the shrubbery just ahead. Suddenly, he felt a hard object pressed into his back and was startled by the low, terse command which followed. Stop where you are and be quiet. What's the meaning of this? I don't understand. You, Bill, step over here behind the shrubbery, my friend. Be quick. Now, if you'll be good enough to explain... Oh, I don't play dumb. It'll do you no good. I want that briefcase, as you must know. So that's it, huh? How did you know that I... (laughs) I knew when you arrived at the airport. I received advance information as to what you carry. We have ways of knowing a great deal, you see. Now, enough of this. Give me the briefcase. Surely you didn't expect to get it that easily, my Nazi friend. We British don't... Give it to me! Not without a struggle, you... Since it won't be reasonable, you'll take the consequences. You'll get it only over my dead body. Then that's the way it'll be, you stubborn fool. No, I won't let you. I'll... Now you'll get it. <laughs> 
A short time later, in his office at the Federal Bureau, the chief of the Bureau was talking to one of his ace men, Inspector Martin. Martin, we've had a call from police headquarters concerning a murder which took place right in front of the British consulate. Evidently, sometime during that heavy storm we had a while ago. In front of the consulate, you say? That's right. A passerby noticed the body and called the police. Sergeant Burke says the murdered man has been identified as a courier who is on his way to the consulate with important papers. Hmm. That throws the case in our lap, then. Yes. And the motive for the murder has already been established. His dispatch case is missing. Foreign agents, huh? That's evident, Martin. There must be some big plot about to hatch since they become so bold as to commit murder right in front of the door of the consulate. I'm giving the case to you. Get on it right away. All right, Chief. I'll work fast and do my best. I'll get Sergeant Burke and his men to cooperate. Police here are smart, and perhaps with their help, I can track down those agents before they get a chance to carry through any more plans. Meantime, in a small apartment on the west side of the city, two men were gloating over the contents of the open dispatch case, which lay on the table before them. Nice work, Hans. This dispatch case contains a list of the names of all those within Germany who are planning to turn against our Nazi party, and also the names of underground leaders in occupied areas. You think men of German blood would help the Allies? The Gestapo will see that all these men are eliminated as soon as we send the names on this list. But Goss is the only one knowing the shortwave radio code to graph. He's had to move the radio sending set after each shortwave broadcast before the mobile detectors traced his location. Yes, I know. But we don't know where Goss is. Oh, that Goss. He takes himself too seriously. He won't trust us with the radio code, nor will he let us know the whereabouts of the sending set. Exactly. And yet we have to get this list to him as soon as we can. Goss made arrangements with me in case we had to get in touch with him. He doesn't want us to approach him in person, for fear we may be followed. What arrangements did he make? We'll contact him through our blind agent we have posted outside the Sentinel building. I'll send you with a message to leave with the blind man. Goss will pick it up from him. But how will Goss know that that blind agent has a message for him? He goes by there each day, always in a different disguise. He asks for an automatic pencil. By that, the blind agent knows it's Goss. Automatic pencil? Yes. The blind man sells ordinary pencils and shoelaces. When I send him a cheap automatic pencil, with a message hidden in the space under the removable eraser, he puts it aside for Goss. Ah, so. That's very clever, DeGraff. By this time tomorrow night... Goss will be transmitting to the Gestapo by short wave every name on this list. Then the Allies will be startled by the bloodbath which will follow. The following morning, Michael Axford, self-styled reporter and bodyguard to Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was about to enter the Sentinel building when he was stopped by the wheedling voice of the blind man who had a small stand on the street just outside the building entrance. Shoelaces, pencils, help a poor blind man. Shoelaces, pencils. Oh, say no, me good man. I bet you get tired sitting there day after day behind that little stand. Sure, sure. Want to buy a pencil or some shoelaces, mister? Well, I don't know as I do. 
Uh, say now, do you sell many of them things in a day? I, I'd like to know. Yeah, not to nickel nurses like you, brother. Now move on. Stop crowding my stand. Sure, now, if I thought you were really blind, I might buy a pencil or two. But how do I know you don't drive up here in the limousine every morning and make a lot of dough at this racket? Now, look, Stinky. I ain't got time to pull myself through a medical examination just to get a nickel out of you. If I could see you, I'd move on from here myself. If you look like you're sound. Now go on, scram, will you? I ain't one to argue with the blind man, mind you. But I don't go for rackets. That's why I'm being curious. Okay, okay, so you're curious. Why don't you take your nickel and go window shopping? You're blocking traffic. Uh, sure, no, you'll never get anything from people by insulting them and then... <laughs> that dog's chasing the cat right this way. Hey, the devil's climbing up on me. Hey, get that dog off. Get that dog away. Get him off, I say. Get away, you must get away. Oh, no. Oh, oh scat. Beat it. Grab that dog, somebody. Grab that dog. Oh, think I'm over. Oh, that's right, baby, the cat oh, trainer. That's cruel animals. <laughs> oh, you big lummox. You're not over my stand. Oh, oh, oh. oh, holy crap. Oh. Oh, what an experience. Oh, me, Michael Axford, being used for a fighting match by cats and dogs, big Say, why don't you people go on about your business? Go on now. I knew that you was... Trouble coming when you stop. Now, 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 take it easy. Take it easy. I'll set up your stand again. There. There. Now I'll pick up your stuff for you. Let me know when you're coming around this way again so I can be somewhere else, bud. There. Now everything's picked up. And to show you that there's no hard feelings... I'll buy a pencil. That I will. Just one, huh? Uh, well, thanks for nothing. There. There's your nickel, me good man. And and don't take any wooden nickels. So long. Yeah. <laughs> if there was wooden nickels, he's the kind of dope that would hand them out. You by any chance have a cheap automatic pencil to sell? Gosh, I've been expecting you. A guy was here Why just to... Why you Not to recognize me at any time. Yeah, I forgot under them ordinary pencils on the right side of the stand. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's no automatic pencil here. Are you sure? I know it is. Say, I just remembered. Some dope spilled over my stand. It must be there someplace. I tell you, there's anywhere on the stand. I don't, don't see it on the sidewalk. Yeah, well, what do you know? I bet that dope took it. He bought a pencil from me. Well, you should have been sure he didn't take that one. Say, do you think you'll find out about the message? No. Oh, you'll find only a small piece of blank paper in the lead compartment and probably throw it away. But in the meantime, I have to wait to have the message repeated. But the guy will come back to see if you got it. I'll tell him to leave another. See that you do. And this time, make sure nothing happens. It isn't healthy to be careless in our business. Remember that. <laughs> That afternoon, Axford entered Britt Reed's outer office, where Lenore Case, secretary to the young publisher, was busy typing letters. <clears throat> Hello, Casey. How's this? Oh, fine, Axford. The way your face is scratched up, it looks as though some of your tricks went wrong. Well, is that so now? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I was mistook for a pole by a cat a dog was chasing. <laughs> Oh, that's one I'll have to think about, Axford. Yeah, sure, and if you don't believe me, ask the blind guy out front. He saw it happen that he did. Oh, how could a blind man see anything happen? Well, what I mean is he heard it happen then. 
I knocked his stand over in the commotion, so I had to buy a pencil from him to quiet him down. See, uh, there. There it is. I, I, I paid a nickel for it, too. Well, it wasn't a bad bargain for an automatic pencil, if it's any good. Say, now, I never noticed it was one of them automatic kind. Now, ain't that something? Hello, expert. What's up? Nothing at all, Reed. Just talking to Casey. Have you heard any more about that murder last night? No. Sarge called in Inspector Martin, like I already told you. He says there's spies or something mixed up in it. Yes, I know. Now, since the police are working with Inspector Martin on the case, I suggest you stick close to Sergeant Burke in case something breaks on it. Okay, Reed. I'll get down to cops' headquarters right away. What's that you have there? Oh, this? Sure, and it's an automatic pencil I bought from the blind guy out front. Only cost a nickel, too. See, you turn the top like this and... Uh... Ah, ain't any lead in it. Well, pull out the eraser. There's usually extra lead in that little space there. Oh, oh. There. Ha! Just a little hunk of paper rolled up inside, but nary a bit of lead. Sure, I knew all the time that blind guy was running a racket. Racket? Even without lead, it's a bargain for a nickel, Axford. You can buy extra lead, you know. Well, it's downright robbery. That's what it is. Paying out good money oh, for... Oh, you won't miss that nickel. Now, stop squawking. Let me see it, Axford. Uh, sure. Here it. Here you are. Uh, hmm. This would be considered a cheap automatic pencil. Yet it would sell for more than a nickel. Well, with nothing but that hunk of paper on the top, it's no good to me. Uh, you can keep it, Reed, as a present to me. <laughs> well, thanks. That's generous of you. Sure, now don't mention it, Reed. Don't mention it. Mr. Reed's office. Oh, yes, he's right here. Just a moment. For you, Axford, Sergeant Burke. Burke? Well, he probably wants me to help him hunt down some of them spies. Answer it, Axford. Before he hangs up. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> Hello, Sarge. What's up? I did. What for? Say, no, I can tell you something about that guy. It's a racket he's running. What? Okay, okay, I'll be right down, Sarge. Thanks for calling so long. Burke says Martin picked up that blind peddler. Well, what for? He didn't say. Guess he was running a racket, like I said. Well, I'll get along to headquarters and see what it's all about. See you later, Reed. Why would Inspector Martin pick up that blind man? Inspector Martin's working on that spy case. Might have some connection. Oh, well, I have a lot to do. I'll be in my office if anyone wants me in this case. I'll be ready for more letters soon. Well, that's all for today. When you finish those, you can leave. All right, Mr. Reed. Hmm. So the Federal Bureau picked up that blind man. I'd like to find out why. And I'll continue to be curious until I find out. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. It's important this year to prepare for winter now. All fuel for home heating will be scarce next winter. Coal, gas, and oil. Our war industries and our fighting forces need more coal. One-fourth of all our petroleum products must go directly to military needs. The production of manufactured gas requires both coal and oil. And with shortages in both these fuels, no big increase in gas production is possible. So don't risk being cold when winter comes. Make your cold weather plans now. Check up on your heating equipment to ensure peak efficiency. Learn how to get the full amount of heat from the fuel you use. And protect your home against loss of heat by installing insulation, storm windows, and weather stripping. And now, back to our story. 
Britt Reed went to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. The two men were discussing the arrest of the blind peddler. You think if Inspector Martin pick up blind man, it must be in connection with espionage, Mr. Pete? Well, if it were for any other reason, Cato, Martin would leave the matter to the police. Oh, oh by the way, here's a pencil Mike Axford bought from that peddler today for a nickel. <laughs> Since it had no lead in it, he presented it to me. Oh, that automatic pencil. It not looked like kind street peddler self a nickel, Mr. Britt. I know. I wondered about that at the time, but I... Wait a minute. There was a little piece of paper in the space under the eraser. Here it is. It's like a small piece of ticker tape rolled up tight. It's blank. Cato, the federal men picked up that peddler for a reason... It could be that it... You think maybe that paper be of value, perhaps? It's just a hunch, Cato. Take it into the secret laboratory and give it a few tests. Yes, Mr. Breed. Who knows? Maybe we'll find that Axford's nickel wasn't spent in vain after all. Yet, eh, Kato? Tess, so far, not sure anything. No, I try hot iron, Mr. Britt. Well, perhaps our suspicions are groundless, Kato. If that electric iron doesn't bring out anything, we might as well. Kato, look. Ah, letters forming, Mr. Britt. Heat bringing out message on paper. That did it, Kato. The letters are faint but readable. Let's see. Nine tonight at. Old mill. It messaged telling somebody to be at an old mill at nine tonight. Well, I not know of old mill in the vicinity of city, Mr. Britt. Uh, let me think. Old mill. Old mill. Cato, somehow it has a familiar ring to it, and yet I... Wait. The old mill, that's it. The old mill? Remember that roadhouse that closed down out on the pike? It was called the old mill. Oh, you think this it could be, Cato? It would be a perfect hideout. Come on. We'll take a run out there to make sure. You go as Green Hornet, no doubt. Black Beauty ready. Also, gas gun and mask. Come on, then. Perhaps that blind peddler was a go-between for foreign agents. If we run into them out there, I'm certain we'll have found the murderers of that British courier. Let's go, Cato. <laughs> As the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty carried Britt Reed and Cato out the pike toward the old mill roadhouse, De Graff and Hans waited patiently for Goss to keep the appointment, not knowing he hadn't received the hidden message. Do you think Goss is coming, De Graff? Of course. It's almost nine o'clock now. He should be here any minute. I suppose he didn't get the message from Blinky. If he didn't, it's your fault for not going back to the stand as you were supposed to do. Ah, strange. Goss won't associate with us. Makes us use that sweet message idea to contact him. He probably has his reasons, Hans. But why have we never been allowed to see that shortwave radio he uses to send our messages? Yes, I too have wondered about that. Always talks of having to move it around after every broadcast. I have my doubts. Mm. 
I noticed that every time he wanted us to meet him, he directed us here. That's why I told him in a secret message to come here now. What difference does that make? We can't trust Goss too far, Hans. Perhaps right in the basement of this old roadhouse he may have that radio set. If the sending set is there, I'm capable of transmitting those names in code. Though Goss doesn't know it. Then what are we waiting for? Come on, let's go to the basement. If I'm right, I'll have those names in the hands of the Gestapo within the hour. Two men went to the basement of the long-deserted Old Mill Roadhouse. After searching thoroughly, they finally came upon a small room, previously used for a wine cellar, but now fixed up with a chair and table on which stood a small but powerful shortwave radio sending set. See here, Hans. I was right. This is where Goss keeps the sending set. Well, we won't wait for him. So, now I realize we was taken in by Goss. You'll have to work faster, Gaff. I don't understand what you mean, Hans. Never mind now. Go ahead and send that list. That is most important at the moment. Yes, you're right. Soon the bloodbath will start. The Allies won't know how we found out those names until it's too late. Get busy, Degaff. There, there. In a minute, those names will be humming into Gestapo ears. And then we'll... Hold it, Degaff. Goss, what's the meaning of this? Pointing a gun at us. I don't want you to send that list of names. Why not? Just because we're smart enough to find out where you had the sending set here. Get away from that radio, I said. You wouldn't dare shoot me, Goss. For this crazy business, you will join the names on this list for elimination. But we shall do it. Give me that list, quick. You're mad to think I would, Goss. Get him, Hans. Good for you, Hans. Now I'll commence sending. And after I finish, we'll get rid of that traitor. One dollar, two to go. Himmel, a mask man. The green hornet. Grab him, Hans. He mustn't stop us now. Stop sending. I won't let him interfere. Maybe this will keep him from sending. Stop. 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 Shoot him down, Hans. He's wrecking the radio. This will stop him. Miss nothing. Come here. I'll help you, Hans. Fight him. Get him. That's all. Take it, you. Gas. Gas gun. You won't get me. Come back here, Hans. The police. What are they doing here? They've surrounded the place. I'll be trapped. Something going on here that doesn't quite tie in. But at least that radio won't work. And that list is safe on that table for the moment. I'd better get out right now. Police, headed by Inspector Martin and Sergeant Burke, arrived near the roadhouse. Martin and some of his men went in the front door. Sarge, with Axford and Cassidy, drove around the back and stopped the squad car a short distance from the building. Now listen. Martin's plan is for them to go in the front way and for us to go in this way. Then anybody inside will be caught in a trap. And it's up to us to see that they're really caught. Do you understand, Cassidy? Sure, sure. I'm ready to do my part. Sure, I'd like to know what this is all about. Look, a man's coming out. Come on, don't slam that door. Cassidy, you go round to the right. You, Axford, take the left. We'll rush him from three sides. Quiet now. Let's go. Oh! Axford! I knew it. Rush him, Cassidy. Halt you! Halt in the name of the law! Sarge! Sarge, it's the Green Hornet! Great day in the morning. Don't let him get away. There comes Martin out. We got the Hornet cornered. Martin! It's the Hornet! Here he comes, Cassidy. Grab him. Not that I, you don't. Oh. I'm coming, Sarge. Hey, where did he go? Sarge, 
Clark, where are you? Right here at your feet, you dimwit. Hey, what are you doing laying there? Why ain't you after the horse? Shut up. He's getting away. You don't say. I don't know whether we wind him or not, but he sure is a slippery one. Hey, maybe you could have caught him if Sarge had been on his toes. How could I be on my toes when I was flat on my back? It was the horn himself who put me there. So that was it. Oh, what's the use of talking to you? Did you think I was resting or something? If you'd have come along with me, the two of us could have held him, maybe. Sure, if only I'd have got here in time, Skip I'd have it, got that. Ashford. Inspector, it looks like the Hornet is in with them agents. He's the one we got to go on the hunt for right now. Come on. Wait a minute, Sergeant Burke. Come on inside. There's something of interest there for you to see. And incidentally, the men with me caught one of the men we were after as he tried to get away. You mean we ain't going to chase the Green Hornet? We have business at hand that needs attention first. Come on with me. You have now escaped, Mr. Prison. Yes, kiddo. We did our part by preventing that man from sending radio code messages. I need a few pieces more to put this puzzle together. Cato, I'm sure they aren't following us. No, Mr. Priest. Not anybody follow. Now we'll turn around, Cato, and go back. I want to get it close enough to find out just what brought Martin out there. One or two other facts. I'll get near a basement window and see if I can hear what they're saying. Oh, old Inspector. I knew we was hunting spies, all right. But what I want to know is, how did you know they was out here? As you know, we picked up that blind man from in front of the Sentinel building. Uh, you mean you grilled him, and he told you about them being out here? He told us a lot about DeGraff and Hans, as he called those two. But he didn't send us here. What I'd like to know is, who did send you? Well, you help me with this fella. He's had a bad blow on the head, but I think he'll be okay. Ah, uh, who cares about that dirty spy? Uh, the, it was a to him who sent rocket bombs over London and all. Pooey on him, says I. Look, Inspector, maybe I'm too curious for you. But open up and tell us what's what, will you? All right, Sergeant, I will. You see, this man here, whom those others knew as Goss, is really a federal man. Don't That's right. After the murder last night, of course, we were informed as to the nature of the missing papers. Goss here expected to get a secret message from the Graf. He built that sort of thing up to find out their middleman, who turned out to be the blind peddler. So that was it. Yeah. Goss told us of this usual meeting place. When he learned a message had been left here, we were sure we'd found the murderers. And also that they'd try to use the radio. So that was it, sir. So you mean that the blind guy was passing on messages to the others? Listen, dummy. Didn't the inspector just tell you that was so? Hey, look, you. I'm just doing me duty trying to get the news, see? Well, it's clear as day to the rest of us. If you wasn't so dumb, you'd know... Dumb who, me? Well, smarty, tell me. Who smashed the radio like that? Who knocked out Goss? Who got away? Oh, no, I... be Ashford. Stop hooing. As I see it, Goss got him cold, had a fight, got knocked out on the head. Meanwhile, the radio was smashed in the tussle. Well, I'm afraid you're wrong, Sergeant. It's evident Goss did get the drop on them at first. Then somehow they knocked him out. But that man can tell us just what happened. Speak up, Hans. Yes, yes, I'll tell you. We would have succeeded, but for the one who came in after we knocked out Goss. It was a man with a mask who smashed the radio and gassed the gaff. Sure, sure. And we saw him getting away. Who asked for... Say, I forgot that. All this was done by none other than the Green Hornet. Let's be paid for murder and consulate. 
That familiar old slogan, do your Christmas shopping early, is more important than ever this year. The armed services are urging every American to mail overseas Christmas packages now before it's too late. The final mailing date is October 15th. Follow these simple rules for wrapping and addressing. Wrap your gifts securely in a strong box, not a shoe box. Your parcel cannot weigh more than five pounds when wrapped, cannot measure more than 15 inches in length, and cannot measure more than 36 inches in length and girth combined. Address your packages correctly and completely, and clearly mark them Christmas Gift Parcel. The important things to remember are wrap securely, address properly, and mail early. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.